Hi, you're listening to the Academic Conversations podcast with Mason Conklin, Director of the Center for Innovative Teaching and Engaged Learning at Reinhardt University. In this episode, I'm joined by Joy Silk, the Supervisor of Digital Learning with the Cherokee County School District, and we discuss recent innovations using the learning management software Canvas in Cherokee County. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello and welcome to Academic Conversations. I'm Mason Conklin, Director of CITL, the Center for Innovative Teaching and Engaged Learning at the campus of Reinhardt University in Waleska, Georgia. And today I'm very excited because we're joined by Joy Silk. And what's your title again, Joy? My title is Supervisor of Digital Learning. Supervisor of Digital Learning with Cherokee County School District. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm particularly excited to have Joy here because we connected this summer when Reinhardt decided to go to Canvas and you were very gracious, gave us uh, the training courses that, that you developed for your faculty uh, and uh, led a workshop for us in this fall. Um, so um, I'd like to know what's happening in Canvas in Cherokee County Schools these days. Oh, wow. So uh, we've really come a long way with Canvas. This is actually our third year with Canvas. Mm -hmm. um, when we originally went to Canvas two and a half years ago, it was our first time with an LMS. So yeah. we had to do a little bit of work on the front end. We had had an electronic grade book. Uh, we had had a student information system. Mm -hmm. We'd had web pages. We'd never had a learning management system. Mm -hmm. So we intentionally led our teachers through some... Um, stage training we started small and then we we were very intentional each month to show a new tool two and a half years later yeah. it looks very different we're not talking so much about tools we're talking more about how to utilize those tools and how do we take our students further um, using the LMS yeah. um, as a district we have really tried to think outside the box so with Canvas, we not only use it with our students, we use it with our faculty. Mm -hmm. Whenever possible, we use it with professional development. If we do a training, we try to roll it out through Canvas. Mm -hmm. We have an internal um, course we call the curriculum portal. So it's basically anything that rolls out from curriculum, we house it right there for okay. our faculty. Um, and then something exciting I know I've, I shared with your faculty was um, we've really talked as a district on how do we increase our graduation rate. Mm -hmm. And an exciting way that we've tried to tackle that challenge is through um, some online course rescue that we're utilizing through Canvas. So what is that? What is an online course rescue? So an online course rescue is really where we take the standards that need to be mastered in a course. We identify those. If the student assesses those within their course and they don't pass or they don't mm -hmm. at least show mastery on those standards, we allow them to rescue those independently. Mm -hmm. We bring in a team of teachers, one from every high school, they work on the content. They they really try to hone in, okay, if the student was not successful face-to-face, -face, how do we re-deliver the content right. online so the student can perhaps master it? So yeah. it could be video. It could be some short simulation, some practice. They try to break it down. Then once the student is ready, they come in, and they're allowed to retest on that to um, remediate for yeah. a 70%. And so on those specific learning objectives, they don't have to redo the whole course. They're just they're just working on the specific learning objectives they didn't quite master. Exactly. Something really exciting that I think that the district has undertaken, I think it's really exciting as a teacher, they bring in these team of teachers. First, before we even build the rescue, mm -hmm. we look at a course and we identify, okay, what's our learning map going to be? When are we going to teach what? Mm -hmm. And what are our focus standards. So this is a new concept for us. We lay out a course map 
and we decide what are the most important standards that if we hit those most important standards, those supporting standards will be part of it. Right. And that's really what we work on with our students. When they don't hit a, a focus standard, mm -hmm. they're able to recover it. And so that rescue course maybe prevents them from having to do like summer school or exactly. retake the entire course. They can just remediate those Exactly. those few sessions. You know, we here at Reinhardt, after hearing this, shamelessly stole this idea <laughs> for ourselves, uh, specifically in the music department. We have, we get a lot of music students that have not had as much theory background. Mm -hmm. And so that theory one can be a real barrier for them. And because we're of the size that we can't offer all the theory sequence at the same time, we have to do, you know, theory one and three in the fall, theory two and four in the spring. Mm -hmm. And so if a student struggles in that theory one, that puts them a year behind in the sequence. Absolutely. And when you have a student that makes it to the end of a course and has failed the course and must repeat the course in mm -hmm. order to move on, we're losing students. Right. They get frustrated. They've had right. enough. Whereas if we rethink and we say, okay, you're not failing everything, but you right. really do need to hit a couple of standards again, and we saved them before, yeah. we, we're finding more success. And it, that. it honors the progress that they have made. Mm -hmm. It honors where they were and what they've done in that time, but it also honors the standard of, look, we don't want you to always be clinging to the screen like a yes. cat, uh, trying to, to stay current when you're in theory two, and then theory three, and then theory four. Mm -hmm. We want you to approach this theory two with a little bit more feeling of mastery and we recognize you need some more work on these topics so we developed a I don't think it's really a theory one rescue but it was a theory one intensive in a short term where um, it, it counts for the the full three credits in essence the students are taking it over again for three credits but it can be more focused because we know who those students are um, and we're happy to report we probably won't need it this year. That's fantastic. Uh, we, we've had some, uh, some, some wonderful students come through, and it looks like uh, we're not going to have the need to even run the rescue course this time. But it was great to have that. It was great to be exposed to that idea and to think, well, what can we do for our students that will keep them on track um, and not water down Absolutely. Know, our, our curriculum. Well, that's really the point of it, right? I right. mean, at the end of the day, we're not just trying to save the student from failing. We need them to master the standard. Mm -hmm. At the end of a course, in most of our high school courses, they have to pass an EOC. Mm -hmm. That EOC is not watered down, so right. our delivery of the instruction cannot be watered down. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, though, what we find with high school students is when it's presented in a different medium, so they didn't get it face-to-face, or there was something going on and they just didn't connect, sometimes hearing it a second time in a different way has just mm -hmm. been what they needed to get over that hump. Yeah. So you have these courses, the students, do you, uh, is there a, a teacher that administers the course in the online setting? So currently we have built out five courses. We're piloting mm -hmm. those this year. Our intent is over the next three years, all high school core courses mm -hmm. will have a rescue component to okay. it. So right now, if you're a teacher, so let me give you an example. We started with one of our most failed EOC courses, which mm -hmm. is Algebra 2. Okay. Algebra 2, I'm an Algebra 2 teacher. <laughs> I have the content in my course. So mm -hmm. I can see, uh-oh, after the first assessment, Mason needs help with the yeah. first two standards. So I can assign that directly to you in my course. I can monitor your progress. And then what we expect a high school student to do is communicate with the instructor. Hey, I'm ready. I want to mm -hmm. come back in and I want to assess. The work 
is done independently at home or perhaps in a study period at mm -hmm. some of our high schools. But the actual assessment needs to be done back in the in teacher's person. classroom. Okay. Exactly. We do have um, a notes page that we're asking the students to follow along so that they have something to turn in to mm -hmm. the instructor saying, okay, I did the work, I worked through it. The instructor can kind of look over and right. say, mm, let's hit this again <laughs> yeah. or, or let's open this. But it's really done in the individual classroom. Well, that's great. You also mentioned that you know you you were identifying certain tools in this long rollout. Canvas does make it very easy to develop a bare bones shell. And, and that's kind of what we've been working on right now. You need to be able to take attendance. You mm -hmm. need to be able to collect your grades. And you need to be able to do announcements and post your syllabus. You know? Absolutely. Just the bare minimums. Of course, you can do more. And we know you will want to do more. But for now, let's just get those bare minimums. And since you can copy a course over into the next mm -hmm. semester or the next time that you teach it, you can continually be adding to that structure, be adding the new tips and tools. So what was your, what was your rollout of, of new tools? What kind of things did you want to do first? And what were the things that you added later to that? All right, well, so keep in mind, we were coming from nothing. So mm -hmm. we really started with a few non-negotiables. And our non-negotiables were two things. Number one, set up your grade book correctly. <laughs> in yeah. an elementary school, there was no work to be done. They don't yeah. weigh their grades. Middle and high, they have set categories. So that was our number one, mm -hmm. set up your grade book correctly, have a home page. And that home page could be very different. Mm -hmm. In a middle and high school, you might have information like these are my office hours. This is where my syllabus is. Mm -hmm. Course information. In an elementary school, our elementary teachers right. still like color and buttons. That was totally fine. So that's what we started off with. Those were your two non-negotiables. Then we identified one tool a month. So as our trainers went into our school, you mm -hmm. came to one mandatory training, and we, we started with one thing. So we, we identified what were the bare minimum. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's, uh, let's organize your files. Okay. Let me show you how to set up a module. Let me show you how to set up an assignment. Mm -hmm. Let me show you how to do a test. So we've just kind of gradually uh, released those. Those were our mandatory trainings. Beyond those basic tools, then we offered additional trainings mm -hmm. because Canvas, I mean, you could train on something new every day sure, and still sure. never have it. We intentionally purchase software that will integrate with Canvas. So, for example, one of the pieces of software that we use in the elementary and middle school setting is something called Nearpod. It allows the mm -hmm. teacher to mm -hmm. deliver content either face-to-face -face or, you know, they can do it asynchronously. But it then allows the student to complete work in the Nearpod environment. Mm -hmm. It will drop the grade back into the Canvas gradebook. So mm -hmm. Those are tools that our more advanced users are finding right. to be really helpful. And they just, they carry that digital learning piece one yeah. step further. What kind of testimonials are you getting from the teachers that are using those extra tools like Nearpod? I think they're really relieved. What we yeah. hear a lot from teachers is not one more thing. Don't give me one more thing, even if it's a great tool. Mm -hmm. um, but what they're finding is if they put in the work, much like their Canvas course, if they put in the work and they design a lesson once, they can reuse it over and right. over again with additional periods or the next year. They mm -hmm. can tweak it. They can share it amongst teachers in their school. Mm -hmm. um, that's one component of our curriculum portal. If you're at one school and you create a great lesson on Civil War and you share it in our environment, then I can pull it down. Mm -hmm. I don't have to start over from scratch. Yeah. And one thing that you probably have to manage that we really don't 
is parent access. Definitely. The parent access is a huge piece for us. So our parents are now able to see, for the first time really from Cherokee County, a live look at grades. Mm -hmm. They can monitor student progress. I have two children in the district, a middle schooler and a high schooler, and I'm constantly getting notifications of their Mm -hmm. grades. That in and of itself was a training piece for our teachers. They weren't, you know, in the past, as a teacher, I could deliver an assignment or I could give it. I could grade it at my leisure, get it in the grade book when I needed to. Well, now that feedback is very important. And we know not only for our parent Mm -hmm. piece, we know that our learners now are expecting instantaneous feedback. So that's definitely been a curve for us. Right, right. So what things are you looking at now moving forward? What are some of the new initiatives you have with your online learning? So one thing that's really going to push us forward this year is the addition of digital learning days for the district. Mm -hmm. Two years ago in the public uh, uh, school world in Metro Atlanta, we missed six instructional days of school. Many of the districts around us decided they would go ahead and have an online learning day, Mm -hmm. if you will. But that was our first year having Canvas, and we just did not feel like we were ready Mm -hmm. as a staff to deliver that instruction We've intentionally been practicing. We've held monthly practices where our teachers will give an out-of-school assignment, asking Mm -hmm. students to log in at home and submit that. Um, So that is going to push us forward. The first inclement weather day, that's what we plan to utilize, is um, a day where students submit work online. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. We're also starting to do more course building within Canvas. So, you know, gosh, 10 years ago, we would adopt a traditional textbook. Once every seven years, we'd go through that process. Now we're starting to ask ourselves, is that a best practice or is it a best practice to use some of our um, open educational resources so that you're not getting a printed textbook that's really outdated many times by the time you get it into the hands of a student, but could we deliver content online? Mm -hmm. So that's an exciting conversation to have. We're also able to offer courses online that we wouldn't be able to -to Mm face-to-face. Like uh, if you go to a high school that doesn't offer a certain course that you're wanting to take, we're now able to offer some of those things online to our students instead of sending them to Georgia Virtual School or, you know, we lose them to a homeschool situation. Our uh, uh, language teacher has been using Canvas a lot to do conversational uh, Spanish. And so I could see, you know, something like, well, uh, French is not offered at my school. I'd really like to take a French course. And you can use the tools that Canvas provides and still get the contact, still get the, you know, the ears and and the... uh, assessment of speaking the language in addition to you know whatever written work that you have absolutely we have a a teacher at creekview high school that teaches american sign language she picked up with canvas so quickly and one of the neatest things i've seen her do is she actually delivers her assessments in canvas and utilizes the recording tool so Mm -hmm. she will put a phrase or a word up there the student will record themselves signing it submit it Mm -hmm. and then she's able to use those tools in canvas to grade it and then she can track the progress so that was a use I never even thought of right in that tool. And uh, I know our teachers, our, our faculty here, when they've gotten into the system, one of the things they love the most actually is speed grader. Oh, yes. How, yes. So uh, we were in a meeting and somebody said, you know, I got to say, the speed grader is a game changer. I went through my entire set of essays in about half the time, and I feel like I gave three times the feedback because it was just so easy. I've got the paper right there. I can circle it, write a comment. There's a speech to text that's pretty darn good. 
you know, so you could circle it, speech to text, say, well, you might want to consider moving this idea up into the third paragraph, enter. It, he said, it's, it's just a game changer that we can do so much better feedback so much more quickly. I totally agree. Our teachers are saying the same things. In the past, especially my English teachers would say, it will take me weeks to grade mm -hmm. these essays. Now they're able to do it quickly. We have some tools integrated in our speed grader that I'm happy to share with you where okay. teachers can do pre-canned comments. Many times when mm. you're grading essays, you're saying a lot the of the same, same thing. thing. Instead yeah. of having to type that over and over, they've integrated that so they can just pull it what up. What is that tool? They use 11trees.com. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll share it with you. There's a free sure. version. There's a, a pro version. Yeah. We use the free. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I like about SpeedGrader in that respect is you can give feedback. The student can take the feedback, make the changes, mm -hmm. resubmit to the same assignment. Right. So as an instructor, I can see, okay, how many times have you resubmitted? Did you follow the advice that mm -hmm. I gave you? And it's all right there. I also definitely love the recording ability. Mm. You don't have to type tons or mark right. on there. You can just give feedback of, hey, I want you to hit this again or check out the rubric. Right. I think it's a great tool. Yeah. One of the, what are some of the challenges you've, you've come across as you've been rolling out Canvas? Do you have a, a oh. great big mistake you'd like to tell us about or a great oh, big, uh-oh? Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times it's trial and error. You mm -hmm. don't know what you don't know until, uh -huh. I would say our biggest mistakes have really come when trying to figure out what are parents able to see because, mm -hmm. that, and that's definitely a community y'all don't have to deal with as much, right. but we didn't know the things that they could see or not see. And it became an opportunity for us to talk with our teachers. Right. Like for example, um, there's a great tool in Canvas that allows a teacher to mute an assignment mm -hmm. until they're ready to right. release it. Mm -hmm. So I'm an English teacher, I'm grading essays, I'm not done. And I don't want some of the alphabet to get their grade and others not mm -hmm. to. We didn't realize that until we got feedback from parents at the ball field saying, well, this this student got their grade back, where is mine? So uh, I don't I would say there's not been huge mistakes, but the biggest piece of advice I give to people using Canvas mm -hmm. is just, you know, own your mistake yeah. when it happens. You just when once you know better, you do better. And uh, we just try to change our practices when we find them. Technology is always changing, yeah. so it's always improving. And so when something comes out that can improve a practice, we just try to get it right into the hands of our teachers. I know when our first term ended, we did a summer term from June into August. When that first term ended, it was my assumption that when the term ended that the professor still had access to the course, could go in, finish the grading, and submit grades. I was wrong. <laughs> And we had to do a, a bunch of like, uh, sorry guys, we need to go edit mm -hmm. this term and open it up a little bit, uh, you know, further so that you can go in and, and get your grades done. And you get, you know, you get one email, you get two emails, you get 17 emails. You're like, ah, oh, what have I done? Absolutely. I, I still experience the same thing. Mm -hmm. So even three years in, I wish I could tell you, you're not going to make those mistakes yeah. anymore. Those back end pieces, that's something that I think many of our staff do not have any, mm -hmm. n any idea the hours that go into setting it up correctly. I made the same mistake this year. We actually use our scheduler, so our student information mm -hmm. system, our school schedule, a student, uh, their, whatever the schedule is that's what feeds into canvas and creates course cards what I forgot to do this year was alter the terms so that the teacher could get in and exactly what you said we give teachers 10 days after the term ends to get grades mm -hmm. done if a student has missed a final go back in 
I totally forgot that step this year. After about 32 emails, <laughs> I was like, oh, man, oh, I shoot. forgot that. And, you know, it's an easy yeah. fix, but then you think, man, that that I should have known that. But, yeah. yeah, even after three years, I still made the same mistake. So beyond Canvas, what's happening in uh, instructional technology? Wow, instructional technology is always changing, right? Um, one thing that has been new for our district this year is really focusing on the student privacy, the software agreements. Mm -hmm. We in Cherokee County are a technology-rich district. Mm -hmm. We always have been. We've been a Microsoft pilot district for years, meaning uh, we're one of two districts that they work with to roll out new technology. It's been amazing. Mm -hmm. um, that actually uh, flows down to our students. All of our students have the Microsoft school version, which mm -hmm. is the full suite. Um, but as far as instructional technology goes, as a district, we're trying to be very intentional with, you know, there's millions of apps and there's millions of programs what do our users really need because at some point you can give them too many tools mm -hmm. we've tried to be very intentional in the last couple of years and purchase things that will work together simultaneously to make it easier for that end user experience well, fantastic thank you so much joy my this pleasure has been a wonderful conversation i certainly uh, appreciate uh, the chance to talk with you and to have your email address so that i can always uh, bounce things off of you when things go wrong. See if you have any suggestions. Anytime. And um, if, if there's ever anything that Reinhardt does, you have our full permission to shamelessly steal it just like Fantastic. I'm kind of thinking I may steal this podcast idea. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> this was great. Thanks okay, for the invite. Thank you for listening to this episode of Academic Conversations. If you enjoyed this episode, please talk about it with your friends and colleagues. For more information, visit our website at www.reinhardt.edu forward slash C-I-T-E-L. This is Dr. Mason Conklin, Director of the Center for Innovative Teaching and Engaged Learning at Reinhardt University, where we are always learning.